Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 40 for the week of February the 16th, 2017. 2018, my friend. You know, that's the first time I've done that. That's pretty good. You haven't written any bad checks? Well, probably. (laughs) Maybe they didn't get caught. Anyway, welcome to the Film Coterie. How are you, Adam? Uh, We're getting pouring rain in February. It's it is insane. Three days of rain. There's flood alerts everywhere. I I don't get it. You know, here we are, February, sixty degrees, and I'm driving through a monsoon on the highway. Yeah, it was torrential. So I was reading some news. I thought we should discuss. Yeah, we're not really a news podcast, but when stuff piques our attention, we like to bring it to your attention. I'm thinking back over my life and some of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. And I'm grateful I've never made a mistake to this magnitude. It's <laughs> oh, now, it's oh boy, now look, come out in some news stories. Oh, boy. Here we go. That when Sony acquired the rights to Spider-Man, yeah, Marvel tried to sweeten the deal and said, you know what? We'll give you all these other characters. Iron Man, Thor, Black Panther, Ant-Man, pretty much all the Avengers. Right. We'll sweeten the pot. We'll give you all these characters. You can do with what you want. We'd like a, a cinematic universe going on. We'll give them to you for $25 million. And, of course, Sony jumped all over that deal, right? They did not. In fact, I actually <laughs> pulled the quote. The head, let me see here. The head of Sony Pictures at the time was Yair Landau. Was unimpressed with, with the deal. With quote, at that time. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> oh. uh, he went on to make this response. Nobody gives a shit about these other Marvel characters. We want to do a deal for Spider-Man only. And... Those are the words of the man with the biggest mistake ever in Hollywood. These, quote-unquote, lesser Marvel characters are now a big part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there's been 17 films. Black Panther is the 18th. These 17 films have grossed, this is just theatrically, Wow, over $13.5 billion. With a B, billion. Billion with a B, not including all the home video market and everything else, and the toys, video games, Legos. Yes. That's insane. Could have been theirs for 25 mil. 25 million could have got you 13 billion. But, you know, we don't know if Sony takes it. I mean, look how many different Spider-Mans they have. Re- yeah. How many times they rebooted Spider-Man? Yeah, it may not have been the same thing. But, you know, <clears throat> there was obviously value to these characters. And Marvel saw that. And so they decided to self-finance, you know, we'll put our own movies out. Yep. They believed in their characters and it turns out they were right. Yeah, absolutely. So the next time you maybe forget to put the milk back in the fridge and find it the next day, go, oh, this mistake's nothing. I didn't pass on the Avengers. Exactly. <laughs> that, that just kind of puts the whole universe in, in the scope for me. For Yes, it does. How big or small a mistake could be. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for the Film Coterie podcast. We have some exciting things that have been happening, and um, we're, we're slowly beginning to expand our, our team here at the Film Coterie, and so we'll have some more announcements to make that direction in the weeks to come and yep we had two new contributors which we will be introducing shortly not this week but soon yep and we're already lining up our calendars we're going to be hopefully participating in some more cons and uh maybe a days of the dead in louisville again and i mean we just got a whole slate you're going to go to your your film festivals the overlook i'm going to the overlook film festival new orleans here in april Kind of wish I was going with you now. I'm telling you that New Orleans would be oh such a great time to go, absolutely. But I'm excited for the film coterie, and so 
if you're just kind of what are these guys what are these guys you know meandering about here we're, we're just a general film podcast two guys that love movies and we've decided to do a podcast and we go every Thursday night to the to see a new release or as often as we can sometimes there's just not a new release for us to go see you know but we try to go as often as we can and then we come back and we talk about the movie and tonight we got to go see Black Panther we took a field trip to Wakanda Yes, we did. And so I think we ought to just jump right into Black Panther. Let's listen a little bit to kind of get us in the mood. Let's listen to a little bit of Black Panther, and then let's talk about it. All right, we'll be right back. This is The Film Coterie. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go. 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 We are home. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. All right, so the movie we saw this evening was Black Panther. This is the 18th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's the first solo outing of T'Challa, a.k.a. the Black Panther. And we finally get to see Wakanda the mysterious source, the mysterious country of where Vibranium comes from. If you've heard the name Vibranium, that's what makes Cap Shield. Yes, and you know, this was a... um, It was a good movie, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, we don't need to beat around the bush. No, I mean, this this movie's great. This is top-tier Marvel. I mean, it's hard to place right away. You've only seen it one time. You've seen the other Marvel movies a bunch. This shakes things up. It feels different. And, I mean, I'm comfortably saying it's in my top five, maybe higher. Yeah, I I would have to agree. Um, The story is great. It's layered. Um, There's a lot of um, great uh, overtones in it that uh, speak to bigger messages. Um, The villain is very complex. Um, You find yourself sliding into a, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I agree with that guy, that villain, you know. and Wakanda is just flat out beautiful. I mean, it is gorgeous. And imagine—I mean, the, imagine a high-end futuristic city that keeps all the heritage of its beginnings. And that's what—that's Wakanda. It is all the beautiful things about African culture with super high-end tech, man. And it is. It is. It's badass. I'm just gonna come out and say it, man. It's pretty sweet to look at. If you're not familiar with the comics or the Marvel universe, Wakanda is an extremely advanced society, but we don't even know about it on Earth. They've they've shielded themselves with a, a, a bubble dome. Yes, that's over their country. The, their alter ego is we are the impoverished third world country. Yeah, everyone else thinks it's the poorest country in the world. There's some vibranium there, but it's all goat herders. When that's not true. I mean, it's El Dorado. It's the lost city. Everyone's looked for it. No one ever found it. Wakanda's real. It's advanced. 
and now we finally get to see it. And the set designs were just phenomenal. This is a beautiful film. This, Adam, is, is Marvel on top of its game. This is a mature Marvel. This is Marvel 18 movies in to their cinema. This is the, you know, like you have a good gumbo and you've let it sit and simmer and you know how to do it, right? They're now putting out, they're putting out, I mean, who would have ever thought by the time you get to, what was it, 18? 18. By the time you get to the 18th movie in a cinematic universe, this MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, by the time you get to the 18th film, it's some of the best stuff they've ever done. It, Hollywood always goes the other direction. Yeah, I mean they're they're getting better and I mean this might be this is. I don't have any doubt. This is the most beautiful film Marvel's ever shot. Just from the the costume design to the visual sets and I mean everything is great on this movie. And and that's really saying something with Thor Ragnarok, which yeah. which I th- and and which I thought and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which were both Pretty beautiful at times. I mean, pretty spectacular and eye candy. Yeah, and I'm excited because I think this is going to be a pop culture explosion. It's something we've never seen before. This film is very African, and it's beautifully African. It's also the most spiritual movie that Marvel's ever made. It has a real soul and heart to it. But these costumes and and these characters, this is a very good movie for women. They do their female characters here justice, more than justice. This is what should have been happening in other movies. These are fully formed characters. Yes, they're all good. They're all interesting. Yep. They all get good screen time, and we're not worried about what who they're dating or who their boyfriends are or all the other stuff they always stuff on these female characters. This is a good movie for the females in it, and I'm excited to see this at conventions. I think the costume designs and things are going to take off, and you're going to see a lot of cosplayers really you know, lump onto this and, and enjoy the, the look of Black Panther and make these costumes. No, I, I couldn't agree more, Adam. I, I really just... Um there's so many things that makes this a great movie, and just the set design, the setting, the culture, the African culture. Um, there's such a reverence for it, heritage. Um, I, I agree, it's very spiritual movie in the sense of your ancestors before you. It's kind of like a much more adult, mature version of Lion King in one sense. That African culture of the your ancestors before you set the path kind of help form the destiny of what you will become, you know? Um, and it's just beautiful. I mean, I, I just, oh. Um, and it was great th- to see in the theater a very diverse crowd, you know, that came and really appreciated. This is like, it, it, it's, it's like a, an arm to all people, you know, all cultures, all tribes, all nations, you know. Um, and this movie's going to open gangbusters. The theater tonight looked like the middle of the summer or during a Star Wars launch. It was packed. We saw the third start time. The third starting time. And our theater was a near sellout, if not. You know, it was completely packed. Yeah, absolutely. Great crowd, too. Everybody was into it. Um, so let's go through this movie a little bit without giving away spoilers. Um, yeah, and here's the good thing. If you're, if you're an alien and you've never seen the Marvel Cinematic Universe or any part of it, you don't need to for this movie. You don't need to know what an Infinity Stone is. You don't need to know who Iron Man is or who Rocket is. This movie stands on its own, which is kind of unique in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, do you think that will cause people to detract from the movie? No, I don't think so. Okay. Those who say, well, you know, if Black Panther's going to be in Infinity War, 
shouldn't he be tied in? Shouldn't we tie in? Shouldn't we have seen an infinity stone or shouldn't we have seen something that will help tie it in? Yeah, I think because he's never had a standalone movie before. He shows up in Civil War. That's the first time we see him. This does not give us an origin, which is fine. We've never seen him train. We've never seen him become the Black Panther. There are trials, and maybe they'll mind that in a future movie. He's already a fully formed Black Panther by the time he rolls around in this universe, which is yeah. good. And, and that's refreshing. We don't we get we get the origin of where he's from, but we just didn't get the mon, the training montage, you know? And that to me was very refreshing. Yeah, so in Wakanda, the leader is usually both the Black Panther and the king. There are five tribes. Right. And he represents all of them. Um, T'Challa's father had aged out of the Black Panther role, so he'd already passed that mantle onto his son. While his son was not yet king, he was a fully formed Black Panther, which you've seen the costume. It's made out of vibranium, making him near invincible. He's got the claws. He's superhuman strength and speed. But he wasn't yet king. That's a burden he hasn't had to bear until the events of Civil War. And that's, you know, no spoiler, this happened in Civil War. His father's assassinated, leaving him to pick up the ashes, become a leader, which he, it, that's what he has to grow into. It, this movie literally starts days after that. He's just becoming the king. We it, see him on day one yeah, of being a king. It picks up right, literally right, right from that. And what I loved about this movie is that they could have went down the superhero trope of so many superhero movies we've seen where we're going to get an origin story and a training montage and he's going to learn to fight and he's going to have to wrestle a Black Panther or something really stupid. You know what I'm saying? And, and we could have got... Instead, we get a rich, complex, very gray story, good and bad, intermingled, um, good people who you think are noble and are noble, making a bad decisions, and people who you think are really bad, there's nobility in their heart, there's true heart in them for, for what they think is right. Um, the story, I just think, was was just off the hook for this movie. And the movie flows pretty effortlessly kind of between genres. It, it has a moment where it's a spy movie because, you know, right when he's king, he's dealing with issues. He has to prove that he's worthy of the throne. Yeah. He's got to deal with the usurper. He has to deal with um, an arms dealer who knows about Wakanda and moving vibranium. And he's also got the weight on his shoulders whether Wakanda should take its place in the world. Right now it's isolated. Right. No one knows it's there. They don't interfere. They live their own existence. They don't want refugees. They don't want the problems of the world. They're utopia. Yeah, and there's such a social commentary there because, you know, historically you look around the world and there's been tremendous oppression to the African race, you know, and that pressure... They've turned a blind eye to it for the most of their history and, and kept kind of a nobility, but they can't do it any longer, you know. Right, and there's some guilt there because here yes. they are. They've, they've flourished. They don't have disease. They have the best medicine in the world. Yep. They're not wanting for food, no famine, no drought. You know, they're, they're rich, and that's it. They've closed their borders off, and they've stayed separate, which is, you know, maybe a problem. Right. As we'll learn. Yeah, so absolutely. So the movie's very rich in its story. But it can go from a spy movie to almost a Shakespearean tragedy. Yes. With some family drama going on. And it, it moves well in that genre, too. You, it is so layered, Adam. Absolutely. There, there are, um, you know, his, his, his interest, his, his romantic interest is a very strong, great, fully formed character. 
his family, his sister, who plays in it, is a very strong, formidable, uh, formed character. I'd like to talk about her sister. It's Letitia Wright plays her, Shuri. Yeah. She steals. She eats. Yeah, she eats the screen up. Yeah, she plays the Q in this movie. She's the gadgeteer, <laughs> the one that makes all of his toys. She's very funny. She's got the best comedic moments. And there's something very charming, little sistery about her. Right. She's got a lot of great moments. And, I mean, she was fun in every scene she's in. And I, I think she'd in Infinity War. You know, I'd like to see more of her. I'd like to see her around Tony Stark because exactly. she may be more advanced than him than it when it comes to science. I think, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about that gets me kind of fired up, man. Absolutely. But um, so what will people, you know, why should people go see this movie? G- give us some reasons why people, Adam, should go see this movie. What about action? Is there any action in this film for you? I There is. But I think this might have the least number of action scenes for a Marvel movie. There's only really three that come to mind. They're all worthy. It's not right. like they're just putting stuff in the yeah. full time. But this movie might focus on its story more than any of the other Marvel movies that we've seen. There's such a strong emphasis on character development. Yeah. It juggles a lot of characters because we've only ever seen Black Panther before. T'Challa. We introduce, I don't know, nine or ten characters that are in multiple scenes and have some range. Yeah. And then you have five tribes, and they're all pretty well representative, but it really will boil down to a couple tribes. There's one tribe on the outside. Right. That live up in the mountain, and, and there needs to be a bridge there. There's, this movie has a lot of dialogue about bridge and walls and, and building up community. A lot of social commentary about, you it's know. It's very timely. <clears throat> there's one line that I thought hit really hard for me where he said, um, you know, uh, uh, something to the effect of, uh, great men build bridges, not barriers. And I thought, oh boy, that's a shot right there politically for where we are as a country, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought the action scenes were great. Um, some some really interesting urban chase kind of scenes. Because Black Panther lends himself to a good chase scene, you know, by the nature, fast, yeah. the nature of his ability to move so quickly. And uh some pretty cool effects and car chasing and stuff I hadn't really seen in a movie before, you know? Well, let's go into the performances. Okay. Um, we should start with Chadwick Boseman. Um, I was first made really aware of him by the movie 42. Yes. Where he played Jackie Robinson, and he's really good in that. Um, he plays a really good T'Challa Black Panther. I mean, he doesn't... This character doesn't have a huge amount of range. He's a very noble prince. But he doesn't have a major character arc where he really needs to go through many changes. Because here's the thing. He's already fully formed. He, he is a formed character. He may have been different as a teenager. Maybe he struggled with bearing the mantle of Black Panther or anything else. But we haven't seen that. He's a, he's a responsible adult in this movie. And I think he's a good role model for kids. He's very noble. And he wants to do the right thing. I, I will say this. And I agree wholeheartedly with you, though. This really... Um it needs to be kind of an older kid movie. You know what I'm saying? This isn't a young, this isn't no. a movie for young kids at all. You know, they would be bored by it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and even some of the violence, I think if you're younger, six, seven or under some of the implied violence, even though the, being a Marvel movie, they're not going to show a lot of blood and that kind of stuff. I don't think there's any blood. No, but it's still the implied violence is there, you know, uh, I thought his performance was great. He's very solid. He's but there's a charisma to him. Yeah, he carries a royalty about him. You know, yeah. when he's in the room and everyone's listening to him, I mean, you buy that he's the leader. Yeah, he doesn't. You know, he fits in that role naturally as this as this regal character. 
How about some of the other performances? Well, right off the bat, we should probably go into Michael B. Jordan. Uh, he plays Killmonger, the villain in this movie. And outside of Loki, this is the best Marvel villain that I can think of. You know, I'm just coming off a hot take. But he might be the best villain that Marvel's ever had. I, you know, Loki is a different kind of villain. It's kind of like saying, you know, is it is it I don't know apples and oranges or whatever. But Lo- Loki is a kind of a super smart conniving. He's Loki. He's Loki, the god of mischief. You know, and so he's kind of a comical, mis- mischievous, evil bad guy. You know. Um, Whereas Eric Killmonger or Michael Michael B. Jordan that plays Killmonger, he's got a lot of heart. There's a lot of substance there. Where, yeah, and here's they play off each other really well. So where T'Challa is really stoic and carries his turmoil inside, yeah, Killmonger's all raw emotion, all out there, right on his shoulder. He carries he's got a chip on his shoulder, you know, because of events that happened in his story, you know. And there are times I found myself siding with 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 Killmonger, you know, the the villain in this, thinking, "Yeah, he's right. This this is this is wrong," you know. Um, and so to do that makes for a really interesting dynamic, you know. Um, I, I thought he was great. Uh, I was a little put off by the initial just kind of look of him, but his product—he was a product of his environment. You know, and so once I got kind of, I kind of got into his character, I was able to kind of, and he even kind of, his physicality transforms as he goes through the movie even. Uh, how about some of the, um, some of the ladies in this, in this, uh, in this film, Adam? Yeah. So if you're a Walking Dead fan, um, Danae Guerrero, who plays Michonne on The Walking Dead, she plays the head bodyguard. And I'll tell you one thing. Don't mess with her. Yeah. So Black Panther is guarded by all females. He's got a retinue of security. They're, they have shaved heads, and they're probably the biggest badasses in the film. You would not want to mess with these ladies, and there there is personal security guard, and they do it tastefully. This isn't a harem. These are badass women yeah. that are sworn to protect the throne of Wakanda, and she's got a lot of great moments in this where she's conflicted because her duty is to you know serve the throne no matter what. And she's got some great scenes. Absolutely. Um, and then we have his um, his love interest or his romantic interest. I'm trying to look her up here and get her name right. It's Lupita Nyong'o. She plays Maz Kanata in the uh, latest Star Wars films. I knew that voice was familiar. Yeah. Dang, the whole time I'm thinking, yep. I've heard that voice before. Maz. Oh, okay. And she plays Nakia, his love interest. Yeah. And it's more than a love interest. She's an interesting character, too. Well, she has a whole backstory. Mm-hmm. And she's got her own deal she's going through, you know? She's like a Wakandan secret agent. Yeah. And so I- I'm telling you, this movie is just great. The the layers of this movie is just excellent. Just just such a mature film. Um, and then we have his sister. Is, is that is that Denia? D- D- Danny I? Danae. That, that's Michonne. The actress who plays Michonne. She played the bodyguard. The sister's oh, yes. Letitia Wright. She played Shuri. Oh, that's right. Shuri's the sister. Yes. Okay. Um, and the sister's good, too. You know, she saw... Sister's the highlight of the movie for me, for the other characters. Yeah. Outside... Well, let me take it back. Michael B. Jordan, obviously, 
by giving us a villain that good is the highlight outside of the film of the main star, but Shuri comes in at a close second. And then you have then you have what is now the older generation, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, uh, they're playing these um, elders. Elders, and I'm thinking, Forrest Whitaker and Angela Bassett are playing the elders. I've got, I'm getting old, Adam. <laughs> What's going on here? You know, but I thought they did a solid job. Um, we kind of be- debated a little bit about Martin Freeman. This is he's a, Coulson 2.0. Yeah, this is a thankless role, really, but he does okay with it. Yeah, I like Martin Freeman. Um, he was brought in uh, starting with Age of Ultron, I believe. Because Ulysses Claw, played by Andy Serkis, is in both of these movies, too. He was in Age of Ultron, and he's in this as right. a, sort of a henchman villain, middle-tier villain. But Freeman is playing the audience surrogate. He gets to experience Wakanda and kind of discover the technology with us. And he's just the... He's not S.H.I.E.L.D., he's CIA. But he's just sort of the do-gooder government guy. Right. No, yeah. And does pretty good with an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what else? Sound, editing, camera. What What is some of the other kind of final thoughts on this as far as? Um, um, yeah. I mean, I love the look of this movie already. I'm, I'm seeing it again this weekend. I'll, I'll look for some other things. We had a friend with us tonight that thought some of the CG was a little bit dodgy. And I, I could see some of it. There's some big fight sequences where it's kind of clear, you know, that some stuff's faked in the background. But the streets of Wakanda look great. I love the look of Wakanda. Right. There's a lot of physical sets, you know, the labs, the throne room. I I love the look of the mountain tribe and their buildings. Yeah. Just great visual design. I would agree. I I didn't really catch any of the uh, CGI stuff. I guess I was just so overwhelmed by the, the beauty and majesty of the area that I wasn't looking for cgi stuff i'll say this the first action scene is dark and confusing but it's meant to be he's attacking a convoy in the middle of a jungle right and they're they're in chaos as he's attacking from all sides you know he's moving in his dark suit so i mean i think that was the intention it's hard to see what's going on but i think it's to show it from the soldier side that you have this thing hunting you out in the forest and out in the jungle and you you just can't even see him coming the rest of the stuff is all really well lit there's a chase sequence with neon you know, through South Korea. And that, I, uh, that's pretty clear what's going on. Good action geography for that. Yeah, I thought it was great. Well, and they shot it in a way where I never spatially lost myself. Sometimes the director will move a camera in a way where you don't know if you're coming, you're going, who's up, who's down. <clears throat> but I never lost my direction with this film at all. I thought they did a great job that direction. I, I'm just going to recommend it. It's a great film. Um, it's definitely worth your time to go see. Um, and just when things might get stale, Marvel's good at this. They change things up. I mean, every now and then we get a Doctor Strange, an Ant-Man. It's totally different. Yeah, some yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Black these Panther movies, is totally different. These movies come out of nowhere, and there's such a change of pace for the, this MCU that it's refreshing. You're not, it helps fight off the lowering of value. You know, there's, di- there's diminishing returns at some point. But we're not really experiencing that so much because I think Marvel keeps changing things up enough. You know, we're back to the typical movie next with Avengers. Right. But this movie, I'll say this. Between this and Thor, I'm more excited for Avengers than I have been in a long time. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Because I've got these characters, and they're, they're good movies, and I'm back into it. I was a little bit cold after Age of Ultron. That was probably my lowest point in the fandom. I, I didn't really like that movie. I, I would agree. Well, well, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <clears throat> why don't we go ahead and... Um, just kind of get into a little segment. Let's talk about the Marvel because we're coming to the end of Phase Three. 
And uh, we got to wrap up 18 films and where's all this leading us to and what we have to look forward to and maybe what's on the horizon. You know, let, we can get into a little speculation. Where's this whole thing going? So you're listening to the Film Coterie. We'll be right back after the music. All right, and we're back, and we're going to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is a state of the universe, not a state of the union. We'll do a state of the universe. Here we are, 18 films in, a couple more films to go where the initial, technically it's phase three, but all this is kind of the phase alpha, the alpha phase of whatever this universe is going to be. It's finally coming to a close with this two-part Avengers uh, doubleheader coming up to us right. this May and closing out the next May. So so let me just recap, just mention them quickly, phase one, phase two, and phase three, just to kind of to kind of paint a word picture so you can understand how we are 18 films into this. It all began technically with Iron Man back in 2008. Now, there's a lot of Marvel extended universe movies that happened before that, but this is really the, the reboot of the extended universe well, cinematic universe. Cinematic universe. We've got Iron Man in 2008, The Incredible Hulk in 2008, Iron Man 2 in 2010, Thor 2011, Captain America the First Avenger 2011, and Marvel's The Avengers. And that kind of was, was 2012. That was phase one. Then phase two was Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, Captain America Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. And then Phase 3 is Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, and Black Panther with Avengers Infinity War 1 and 2 kind of the cap to that phase three, wouldn't you think? Or you think that's its own thing? No, they're capping it off, but they're split apart. So between the Avengers movies, we're going to have Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel. Right. The Avengers movies are always the capstone on each phase. So, I mean, that's just it. When when you look at this, each phase was kind of getting better than the last. They were learning things. I mean, for me, the low points are probably still Iron Man 2, and the first Thor movie. I love the character of Thor, but it felt so budget constrained because they were just in that tiny little town in the desert, you know, versus the big metal monster. It wasn't that exciting. I mean, I love Loki. I loved Asgard, but the budget constraints just being stuck in that little town. For me, it's the beginning of phase two. I was, I was kind of like Iron Man three and Thor, the dark world were just like, Oh boy, where are we going with this? And then, my favorite is Captain America Winter Soldier. That's my absolute favorite Marvel film. It, they just hit it out of the park with it. Yeah. I mean, that's mine, too. It, it's the Dark Knight out of everything where I think they really captured how good a comic book movie could be with keeping all the elements and still making yep. it a comic book movie. Absolutely. But I've got to say, with this Phase 3, they're hitting it. I mean, I'm looking down here. Civil War was good. 
I loved Doctor Strange. I think it may even ended up on my top ten that year in movies of the year. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 I liked better than the first one. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming I thought was very good. Absolutely loved Thor Ragnarok. It's like top three for me. And I got to say Black Panthers. I mean, I, looking at Phase 3, I mean, Captain America Winter Soldier is probably my number one all-time favorite. Then number two would be Thor Ragnarok, and number three would be Black Panther. I yeah. mean, that's that's top three for me. And that's what I mean. The, the MCU is picking it's up. Just, it, yeah. They're picking up steam as they go. We're not really seeing the diminishing returns no. near the end. I mean, Phase 3, I, I think, is among the best we've seen. And how many? There are literally thousands of Marvel characters they can use, and it's just you think, well, how will this ever end? You know, I mean, I, I, you know, five years ago, if you'd have told me they were going to do a Black Panther movie, I'd have been like, okay, but I have no interest in seeing it. Now here we are, and it's in, it's my third favorite film of all eighteen they've done. You know, it's just astounding to me. I just think the. Marvel's in such a good place. I feel no fatigue. They're keeping everything fresh. I don't know. Maybe some. You know. Maybe you're out there listening to the podcast and you disagree wholeheartedly. Maybe you jumped off the ship at, at a certain point. You know. Uh, let us know, man. Jump into our Facebook group. Well, and that's the thing too. The the Marvel formula exists. When you watch a Marvel film, you can almost see the strings being pulled. There is a formula to things. You know, they're going after a glowy object. You know the villain is going to not survive the movie, outside of Loki, you know, and some others. The villain always dies. Oh yeah, and the you know they're they're, they're kind of paced the same. I mean, there's very clearly a Marvel formula. So I mean, that may be growing kind of tiresome for some people, but we're kind of changing gears again because, like I said, we're getting Avengers next. This might be the fastest we're ever getting Marvel movies. We just had Black Panther. We're getting Avengers in May, three months from now. And then we're getting Ant-Man and the Wasp in July, so just two months after Avengers. Man. So, I mean, that's that's three Marvel movies within six months. Yeah, that's that's just amazing to me. And then will we probably get a break? How long before Infinity War Part Two? It's going to be two years, isn't it? No, no. They're, they're shooting it now. It'll be next May. Oh. So wow. be- between that, we're only getting two movies. We're getting Ant-Man and the Wasp in July, and we're getting Captain Marvel in March. So okay. roughly two months before. Okay. And Captain Marvel takes place in the 90s. We're getting introduced to that character, so it's not going to really have any major impact on the Infinity War storyline. They're not even telling us the name of that movie yet, the fourth one, because they said the name is a spoiler. Of which movie? Avengers 4. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't so they said they'll announce the name of it uh, three months after Infinity War comes out. I love it. <laughs> this is like a kid's dream, right? We, we grew up loving superheroes. And and the only thing that makes me a little bit sad is I grew up a DC fan. I mean, that was my comics. Was Spider, was, I, I did Spider-Man, but outside of that, I didn't do any other Marvel comics except for Spider-Man. I did Batman and Superman and... And Green Lantern, and I mean, you know, that was my my superheroes were all DC comic heroes, you know. And I grew up on Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was just a sign of the times. Ninety ruled, the nineties ruled for Marvel. And I was watching the X Men cartoon on TV. I was reading the X Men comics. Uh, Rob Liefeld was drawing everything, so that everyone had tiny little feet. 
if you've seen his character designs, his huge muscles and tiny feet. That's Rob Liefeld. He was doing all the X-Men stuff. Yep. Deadpool had just arrived and kind of taken over the world. And we're getting Deadpool in May, too, by the way. There's a lot of comic book movies coming. I, I'm telling you, it's incredible. But yeah, so I was a Marvel in kid, and I never would have guessed we could have gotten movies like this. You know, almost 20 movies by the time this thing's done. It'll be over 20. Well, and, and, I, and let's just face it. The people that are in power are our age and maybe a little bit older, and they grew up reading comic books, you know? So it's just kind of a natural swing, you know? It's such a weird start. you got to keep in mind that what kick-started kind of the modern comic book renaissance after the Donner Supermans was Blade. I know. Wesley's nice Blade showed that comic book movies yeah. could make money, and then X-Men was greenlit over at Fox. <clears throat> yeah, wow. And off we went. Yeah. Now, do you think there's any any time in the future where we will ever get X-Men versus... Um, Avengers at all, or we could. Um, the Disney buyout of Fox is not completed yet. Some other companies have stepped in the bid, so that's not a sure thing. I just don't know how they fit them in. Because are you supposed to believe that the X Men just sat out this massive battle with Thanos that's coming and they didn't do anything? It's hard to work it in unless they're going to reboot. They'd have to reboot the whole franchise from the fresh from the start. And they may. They have some actors' contracts coming up. We really don't know what the next phase looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So any other thing, anything else from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Adam? The Cinematic Universe is going well, but let's address the Netflix Universe and the Television Universe because I am burned out on those. I, I have, yeah. I had to give up. Um, Iron Fist broke me. <laughs> it absolutely broke me. And I've not gone back. I haven't seen the Punisher season. I haven't seen nope. when they came together as the Defenders. I've not seen any of it. And there's nothing to take me back to it. I loved Jessica Jones. And I don't even feel like seeing the second one. I know it's coming. I know. I loved Daredevil, the first one. I loved Jessica Jones. Luke Cage started to put me under. <laughs> and, and then we got Iron Fist, and I was like, I'm done. I cannot watch these anymore. They're terrible. You know? And I gave up a long time ago on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just can't do small screen Marvel. I'm there for the big screen stuff, but they did absolutely burn me out on the small screen. Yeah. Which is interesting to see, you know, where, how long, where this will go. You know, Disney's, Disney's acquiring everything and getting rights, hopefully. And, you know, we'll just see what, what happens down the road. So, Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Maybe uh, we'll take a quick break and come right back and we'll talk. We've got some amazing coming attractions. We're about to really get rolling here. So you're listening to The Film Coder. We will be right back after the music. All right, and we're back, and coming to attractions time, Adam. Do we have anything happening in the next few weeks? Hold on to your butts. Uh-oh, here we go. March is stacked with movies. You're, you're not going to have any trouble finding something to see in March. And, and just to run you through the calendar real quick, uh, right off the bat, first week in March, we have Death Wish and Red Sparrow. I'm interested in Red Sparrow. I think it looks interesting. Almost looks like a Black Widow origin movie. I'm interested in 
Red Sparrow. I'm not interested in Death Wish. I wonder why they even went with the Death Wish name. I don't think it carries much currency anymore, and it's just a revenge story. It doesn't have to be Death Wish. Those aren't special I've special seen that rights. story a hundred times, and come on, I want some original content. Give me something new. Well, it's not original content, but the next week we get A Wrinkle in Time. This is the biggest budget crack at this material. I, I, I tell you, I, I just, I hope I'm wrong, but I just got this feeling. Something about the trailers just don't do it for me. It's CGI heavy. It's the story is okay. It's not super great. I just, I don't know. I, I, I said I wasn't going to say it on the air, but I think Oprah might, the Oprah effect might bounce back against her. I don't know. What he means by that, and I have the same issue. You can't look at her and not see Oprah. Like right. I, you almost expect that she's just going to start announcing that each child has won a car. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know. Um, but also that week, I'm looking forward to Strangers, Pray at Night, the long-awaited sequel to The Strangers, and then a movie we're going to go see with Blu-ray Bob, Hurricane Heist. Oh, I cannot wait to see this movie. 600 mile an hour winds. Yep. Robbing the Fed. Yep. And it looks like a... And real... I'm, I'm hoping we can get old Blu-ray Bob on the podcast. We're going to try. It's his type of movie, so he's yep. got to come talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, the following week, we have Tomb Raider. Which might be okay. Could. I mean, I hope it's better than Assassin's Creed, because that was the last video game oh, movie I saw. And I fell asleep in the theater, I think. You didn't miss anything. And then March 23rd, we have Pacific Rim Uprising. And I can't wait. Isle of Dogs. And I'm very much looking forward to Isle of Dogs. The newest Wes Anderson movie, his second yeah. stop-motion animation movie. Absolutely. And then we close out on March 29th with Ready Player One. Which, which it's going to get a reaction one way or the other. I know. I, 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 um, the book had the same reaction. People loved it or were kind of cold on it, you know? They weren't cold on it. They hated it. Yes, they loved it or hated it. Yes. I came down on the loved it side. I absolutely loved it because it brought back my complete childhood. Uh, me and, and Ernie Klein must have played the exact same video games growing up because I, I literally knew every reference he was talking about. And if you're not familiar with Ready Player One, it's a thinly skinned remake of Willy Wonka. Yeah, sort of, yeah. And it leans on nostalgia. If you're not into the 80s nostalgia, the movie won't work. For it won't you. work. And it, it's going to be amazing. I, they couldn't have got all the licenses to even to go as far as he went, you know. And But Spielberg's directing, and we'll see if he can pull something out there. So, yeah. So there you go. I mean, those are, I mean, a lot of $200 million budgeted movies coming out in March. Yes. The summer's starting earlier and earlier. I'm telling you, man, it's going to be full of $200 million movies. Whether that's good or bad, I have hopes for a few of them. And you know what? Maybe we'll have a really good March and everything's good. Hey, it works for me. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. You've been listening to The Film Coterie. Adam, where can they find us on the interwebs and the social medias? The best place is always our Facebook page. We're on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com backslash film coterie and you'll find us. You Come. might yeah, you might start to meet some of our new crew that's on there. Mm-hmm. Come chat with us. Tell us what you thought of Black Panther. Um, next week, we'll be discussing some Netflix comedies so there, and uh, Game Night. Game Night, yes. So there should be some good discussion there next week as well. We're also on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle on both. It's at Film Coterie. So feel free to shout out to us anywhere. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of The Film Coterie. We'll see you next time.